Welcome to the Jeff and Rush Show. No, I'm just joking. I'll try that again. It doesn't flow as well as Bob and Tom. This is true. Hey, welcome to the Jeff and Rush Show. No, I mean, welcome to Cold Pizza. My name is Jeff, and I'm a pastor here at Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio. And this is our weekly podcast where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions, applications, or other bits of leftover crust to chew on that didn't quite make it into the main meal. So grab a slice and join us this week with Pastor Russ. How are you doing, man? I'm cold. It is very cold in our offices. <laughs> yes. Pastor Matt has not turned on the boiler. Well, Everybody was awake yesterday for your sermon, for sure. Cold is one of those things that's like intense and in that it wakes you up but it can also just like send you into yeah kind of a survival mode hibernating <laughs> it's true lots of ladies had blankets yeah yesterday which uh we can add to the store well we can get some big that's Christ true Lord blankets. Christ's Lord blankets we can just get some like giant um complimentary ones since we always have weather problems this here. is true robes <laughs> big robes would be awesome so, well, we appreciated you bringing us the word last week, brother. Your text was Hebrews twelve eighteen through 24. Um, your title was Twin Peaks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to do a video podcast. <laughs> it, was a good, it, was, it was good once I got the, the point. Well, so it's... It's obviously a show. It is a show, yeah. That I've actually never seen an episode of. So yeah, I, me either. I wasn't sure that I could like use that because I don't know it. In the same way that you can't really make Doctor Who references unless you yeah, like, true. watch it. Who? So I've I've never seen an episode, but yeah, there's two peaks, and then on the one, there's two peaks. No, I, yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> yeah, it, it made sense once you explained it. <laughs> it got everybody's attention for sure. Yeah, that's that's the goal. Right up front. Yeah, it was good. Um. Your main points were terrifying majesty, uh, terrifying majesty in the ministry of death, Mount Zion, and perfect fellowship, and then the space in between. I didn't intend for the first one to sound quite like a Harry Potter title. But it was pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was good. Um, and one thing I was uh, thinking about uh, this morning as we were prepping for this was you. We went hard on man's sinfulness you went hard after depravity you spent a good bit of time really laying out um our inability to save ourselves and and the um the righteous judgment of god that we rightly deserve yeah yeah that was yeah i i don't know about you guys i'd I'd be interested to hear from you and matt on this uh sometimes i take some gambles on this i mean preaching is is an art yeah more so than a lot of the other science that we do in, in leadership. Mm-hmm. And because, and, yeah, it, it's just an art. And so there's some gambles that you take sometimes in saying, is that going to pay off the way I think it is? Mm. And you do that in all speeches. Sure. Um, because we're commanding the will. Yeah. And that takes skill. It takes preparation. It takes, uh, obviously, a great, great grace from the Holy Spirit to move in people. Mm-hmm. But in doing that, there's these aspects of, um, am I spending too much time on this? Is the focus of the passage more on the second part? Uh, if I spend too much time on this, blah, 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 blah. Sure. And so I was a little back and forth because then the challenge is like, all right, if you're going to sit on that, can you do so without being redundant 
And that yeah. was one of the big challenges I was afraid of was that if I sit on this, which I, I want to, because this is kind of the last opportunity in Hebrews to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, shy of, of, I mean, your, your passage coming up is going to say, tell them what to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So shy of that, this is the last opportunity to really lay that out and help them see how bad this is so that you can see how better the other one is. Yeah. But I really, I didn't want to be redundant. I want to keep saying the same thing for 15 minutes, you know. So trying to find different ways to explain different facets of it was was the goal. And I really did want to spend time on that because then you get into the, the quote-unquote good side. Uh, you get into Zion and then you're confronted with the judge. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping that laying it out that way helped you see the judge in a different light. Yeah. Then, so that was my goal. No, that was good, man. I, uh, I we talked about this last week. We need to bring back a, um, a the heaviness, the somberness, the seriousness of the depravity of mankind. Right? Mm-hmm. Like you you won't under, you won't be thankful for the cure of a disease. Um, if you don't understand the severity of it. Absolutely. Right? So, like, if they ever do find a, a cure for cancer, mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of people that rejoice because that disease is deadly, right? Yeah. And, it's, and it's claimed a lot of lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I th- we have such an aversion to that, though. We have such a um, kind of, we don't like to think of ourselves in such a light, right? Yeah. Uh, which Absolutely. is which is something we've lost, Um it's interesting. I was, I was thinking about this the other day. I think one of the reasons we've lost that is because um, we have begun to, in our liturgy, move away from those great doctrinal truths and begin to lean heavily into an emotionalism, right? So instead of singing songs like Such a Worm as I, <laughs> yeah, right, we, we want to sing about how great and wonderful we are and God just couldn't imagine heaven without us right uh, <laughs> well because we inside, were so special inside that like a great illustration actually yesterday uh the song that we did for communion um in our practice we're we're looking at it and we're like is this is this actually okay for us to sing hmm. and uh if you look at it it's more emotional and it's, it's aaron keys who i actually respect uh, pretty heavily but he's more of an emotional guy sure but then you look at the the text and the text is the beatitudes yeah <laughs> like he's singing that yeah now the perspective of it is coming more from the suffering aspect and i think inside of um i think endemic in what you just described is this aspect of not only is it emotional uh, it's from your suffering mm. And that's a true thing. People come in with suffering. They come in with challenges and struggles and hurts and all that stuff. But right. if that's it and we don't talk about how you maybe accidentally got yourself there from your son, mm-hmm. <laughs> you might be responsible for some of this. Yeah. Um, then then it really doubles down. So we we still use the song. I think it's it's absolutely appropriate. But, yeah, the majority of our – if all of our songs were that emotional and it's just suffering and then we're calling you to something better. But yeah. But because you were already okay, and someone hurt you, yeah, and that's that's not what's going on here, right? Yeah, Luther said the gospel cannot be truly preached without offense and tumult, mm-hmm. right? You, you just can't preach it without that. Yep, you you miss a, a massive part of it. What what is Christ if He is not the Savior, mm-hmm. and what is the Savior of? Um, that's just full Pelagianism. Right. This is true. <laughs> you're already good. Sin made you a little dirty, so let's clean you off. Right. Exactly. And yeah, that's that's the idea. We 
um, we live in a culture that thinks that the problem is out there and the answer is inside, mm-hmm. right? Instead of saying the problem's inside and the answer's out there, Yep. right? Um, wa- well, I think it was Watson, Thomas Watson said that we have to realize our, uh, realizing and understanding the, the mercy of Christ paves the way mm. to the forgiveness of Christ. Yeah. Right. So with, so you see the commandments and the, the law and the lack of being able to keep it as a, as a grace. Mm. And then you begin to understand where the law is a schoolmaster that brings you to Christ. Yeah. 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 Pink was complaining about that and then saying that people never preach mm. the law. And so how yeah. do they know they're sinners? Right. Yeah. That's good. What, uh, what would be the one thing you think that causes people to just kind of bulk at preaching hard against depravity? So one of the issues I, I usually hear is that people conflate depravity and the fact that you're sinful with your value. Mm. And so if, for, for anyone who has a child, we should know that that's not true. Yeah. Uh, I've seen, uh, you know, great depths of sin in my kids and I know that they can go a lot deeper. Uh, and I pray that they don't, but there's literally nothing they can do. that's going to make me stop loving them and valuing them as my child. Mm. Right. And so for the, a lot of people out there, when they hear that they are sinners and that they are depraved and all that we talk about in total depravity, um, they say, well, that means I have no value. I must be horrible. And no, that's not, that's not how God sees people. Yeah. Right. It's clear from his law how he values people, mm. people in general, yeah. whether they are believers or not. Right. And murder mm. is still murder, whether you murder a pagan or you murder a Christian. Right. That's true. And so these types of things uh, are really easy to conflate and not a hard leap to make if I'm the accuser. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and throwing your sin in your face and saying, Hey, look, you, you're, you're not worth anything. Mm-hmm. And so it's not hard to hold in both hands. The fact that I am a horrible sinner and Christ loved me enough to freaking die for me. Yeah. That's John three sixteen. Yeah. Right. So that, that's where I hear people complain about on, on Facebook and, and, and conversations I've had at the gym and, yeah, and articles that I see is just people don't understand that we can really believe both things. And, and you hear that when you talk to people about homosexuality and transgender stuff. You don't sure. love them because you don't accept them. No, I value them because they're human and created in the image of God, and I mm-hmm. want to see them saved, but what they're doing is sinful. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. You um, you brought us to this place of embrace and adore. Like, how are we supposed to begin to apply all of this that the author has brought to us? And you went a little bit into the uh, verses that I'll be covering next week. Um, so let's talk about that embrace and adore. And you brought out um, a little bit of last week's sermon as well. This is where the grit comes in. Mm-hmm. This is where you just, where you just have to do it. Um, uh, what else would be helpful on the day-to-day? Now that people have gone home, they've woken up to Monday morning, <laughs> and all of the things that um, they have to face how does this um, grand picture of these two mountain peaks and, and this glorious picture of the gospel, how do I embrace, embrace and adore that when I'm sitting down at the breakfast table with my kids or I'm pulling into the parking lot at my workplace or I'm 
getting ready to nurse the baby or whatever? Uh, I would say two things that maybe might be the, the one. One thing is we can actually read the, the passage. I didn't actually read verse 28. I used Calvin to, to mm. be my excuse. It's always a good, good thing uh, <laughs> 28, which you'll be covering this week, actually says this. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Mm. So that would be embrace. Uh, and thus, let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe adore. For mm. our God is a consuming fire. So that that's where he's heading. And um, obviously, my text contributes towards that. So. That's why I wanted to, to dabble in that, but I mean, my my answer to your question is you have to see your life as an orientation, right? So our culture knows this, every other pagan religion knows this, but for some reason, us Gnostic Christians can't get past that. Hmm. We have, this is my second part, too much Gnosticism going on, hmm. where we deny our actual physical to this random spiritualism that's not actually spiritual, which is bewildering to me, is that we can uh, lose so much of of what we are oriented at and pointing towards to some kind of body doesn't matter, Mm -hmm. um, material doesn't matter, but still be consumed by materialism and still be completely adrift in whatever spiritualism we actually are in. Mm. So you look at at native american indians and they everything was spiritual to them right yeah. evils everywhere and they fight the spirits well that sounds a lot like like ephesians 2 to me mm-hmm. you know um why don't we recognize that that's going on mm-hmm. when i see hebrews 12 here and it's talking about this festal gathering of angels like these are god's messengers these are god's things that do good for us for yeah. his people uh we're on the same team as them you yeah. know, you know, and they're everywhere mm-hmm. and they minister to the saints yeah. and all of us. And we don't see any of that. Yeah. And you look at the pagan religions of, you know, uh, the Vikings and such, and everything is spiritual for them. Everything for them was oriented towards how do I get to the hall of my fathers? Mm-hmm. And that's how they lived a life. Yeah. And so for us, we have, to your point, no thought of death, mm. right? We don't think about anything about where we're going. And so everything is just responsive now for how I'm feeling, which is what the churches are training people to do. How are you feeling? Jesus is better. Right. And so each individual moment then becomes, a, well, can you have self-discipline and self-control somehow over this one moment? Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of the fight, but that's really short-sighted. Yeah, because without a vision, the people perish. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So what happens, though, if in, at the breakfast table, your entire family is oriented towards Zion mm. and you say, we're going that way. Yeah. Right. All of life then becomes a response to what what temple am I facing? Mm-hmm. Because for the Jews, for the for the ones that he's talking about, you, you have not come to this temple. They have come to that temple. They were every day. Yeah. And, and everything for them was oriented around the Sabbath, was oriented around sacrifice was oriented around what can I bring mm-hmm. and what have we talked about in Hebrews mm-hmm. it's not what I can bring I'm coming empty handed everything now is oriented towards something that's not tangible not physical my life is oriented towards God and so if you recognize that if you can realize that if you can unlock that then all you've discovered is worship yeah I mean we talked about that from look and live uh, Matt Poffett talks about how we're always firing arrows at something Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what it means to miss the mark is when we're not firing arrows at Christ. Yeah. 
and we are always shooting at something and so whatever we're looking at we're firing at and so if our orientation is towards god towards zion towards mm-hmm. the judge the one who justified me towards the one who's sprinkling blood over me yeah then i will embrace that kingdom right mm-hmm. i will receive it with gratitude uh receiving a kingdom it cannot be shaken and i will offer acceptable worship mm-hmm. i'll adore him yeah that's good sorry siri is uh trying to talk to me because the government's listening to us sorry about that that's good man i uh i think at times too we can overcomplicate um and overthink and maybe this is where these these points tie back to last week and the idea of just grit mm-hmm. um we overcomplicate it sometimes you sit down at your breakfast table and as you orient your family towards the goal. Fathers need to have already oriented their own hearts, right, towards the Lord, their own personal holiness, that cultivation of that, um, leading their wife, being a united front with their wife as parents toward their children. And keep it simple that you read a passage of scripture at the breakfast table, sing a song, pray pray some prayers, have a have a family vision for your family where you're saying this is what we're doing today and then go out and do it and and um it's not rocket science well so i think one thing too is like and i think you should do the things that you're talking about but it's not some magical prayer or no. if you don't pray or blah 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 i think like when people here keep the sabbath and honor the sabbath and keep it holy mm-hmm. the keep it holy thing people think is something additional like i'm supposed to do something right additionally holy on the right. sabbath <laughs> right no you are to be a christian yeah be just just be why 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 when i intentionally bring in some of this specifically spiritual thing does that make it more holy mm-hmm. when i am in christ yeah i have the holy spirit in me i'm going to live in that reality right it just it, the, the orientation thing for me i is so key to the way that I live my life. I mean, and I know that people can see it because they do it in everything else. Mm-hmm. They do it right now on the, on every Saturday when they wear scarlet and gray. Mm, yeah, it's true. They're absolutely oriented towards it. You hear OH from admire, you're going to yell IO back. Yep. yep. And, and, and you didn't have to think about that. You didn't add that to your life. It's who you are. It's who we are. Yeah. You're being that. Yeah. So, and, you, and you were, and you were brought up and trained in that. Yes. Right. So it shows the importance for training your kids in that. There's there's a disconnect perhaps then you said, you know, just be, but oftentimes I think and I'd be interested in your thoughts on this, that people have disconnected completely from the spiritual and the physical. So I, I just have to just being a Christian just means that's what I identify as and at the end of the day morality. It's morality. Mm-hmm. Right, it's more of a conservative mindset towards the world, uh, and it means I'm going to go to heaven one day. Right? Yeah. It's so it's this kind of, you yeah, know, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. like uh, Jesus and American apple pie picket fence mentality, kind of. <laughs> right? Uh, it, 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 you, their theology could easily fit into a country song, mm-hmm. right? Uh, just about being a good guy and doing your best. Um, and we wouldn't admit that, but I think a lot of people that's where they're at. Sure. Um, and when you compare that to some of these other pagan religions, in particular, like the Vikings, you know, seeking for Valhalla, like one of the reasons if you study history, they were so fierce is because what they um, believed about the future affected greatly what they did right now in the moment, yep. right? And if they weren't brave in battle, 
if they didn't die an honorable death, they weren't going to make it mm-hmm. right to the halls of their fathers. And so why, why do we have a disconnect in that area? Right. Mm-hmm. What is it about the Christian faith? Um, is it because we are afraid that, um, or we've taken too far this idea that we don't contribute anything, right? We can't contribute anything, which, which is true, but it's out of my hands. It's just God's grace. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to work. And if you talk to me about working for my salvation, that's legalism. Am I making sense? Yep. We don't contribute anything to our justification. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're hitting a lot of them. Um, we have that. We have been trained to not really care about our eschatology because mm. the rapture is just going to be the thing. Right. Uh, we don't know what heaven's actually supposed to look like except mm. for a boy who went there for five minutes. <laughs> and, you know, it's these things that have trained the church to not care about the future yeah. and have been overly cautious on work because of, because of the Catholics. Mm. Um, and we have churches that don't complain about the Catholics like uh, – a lot of the books that I read complain about Rome all the time. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, these types of things are part of the fight. And I would say that, um, when you get into this embracing for the Christian, what sets us apart from the Vikings, it sets us apart from the native Americans is the offering of yourself. Mm. The constantly looking for ways to give of yourself is how you do that. And that's the work. That's what's the grit. That's what's the hard part is emptying yourself, pouring yourself out. That's where I was trying to to close yesterday. Yeah, with uh, Romans 12. Yeah, yeah. With, with all of that is that, hey, we have to give of ourselves. We have to, in order to actually worship in spirit and truth, as he says to the woman at the well, it's going to cost you you. Yeah. And we have a lot of people that don't want to pay them. Yeah. I appreciated yesterday how you... Um, we're very clear that we don't unhitch from the old Testament. Right. Um, I appreciated that slap at Andy Stanley and his, (laughs) his, uh, paganism. Um, and it's, it's easy though. You know, we can condemn him, but it's very easy to slip into the same mindset. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and of course I was trying to illustrate how it can seem tempting to. Yeah, it can. Yeah. (laughs) When you can actually put something in your hand. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, in the same way with like, you know, the Vikings, uh, I've, I've said often, I don't like that we don't battle against flesh and blood, but we battle against principalities because you put a sword in my hand. I would love that. I would yeah. like to be able to see my enemy, right? Mm-hmm. Actually draw some blood yeah. in a lot of ways that feels like it would be a lot easier because mm-hmm. uh, our battles are, are different and our battles are difficult in a different kind of a way. Uh, but I appreciated you emphasizing the holiness of God. And again, appreciate going back to what we began with and uh, have a all for the holiness of God, then we're not going to give a darn about the sacrifice of Christ, Mm -hmm. right? Because, well, if I don't believe in the holiness of God, then I don't see myself um, as God sees me as a sinner. And I don't appreciate the, um, the substitute of Christ on my behalf. Um, But we don't separate those things. And you're talking about this, um, innumerable angels in this festal gathering. And uh, if, if you study angels a little bit, which I think people should, um, not just to understand that we're in a spiritual battle, but you understand uh, kind of different levels of angels. And angels, one of the jobs that they have um, is to protect and guard the holiness of God, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's interesting how they observe 
and um, long to look into the scripture says mm-hmm. this this salvation right yeah. this 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 uh, the son of God putting on human flesh to to save these these little peons yeah. you know so to speak yeah <laughs> in comparison to these celestial beings compared to what they are yeah right but the the uh, the zeal for the holiness of God that burns in them as they seek to guard that and as they witness and watch the saints right. Do we have the same zeal and burning desire and orientation for the holiness of God? Yeah. Right. Um, and that's a good question to ask yourself Monday morning. You know, um, is my orientation towards the holiness of God and living that out? Because I I can now because of the righteousness of Christ Mm -hmm. that is mine because of his work, um, on my behalf. Does that burn within me? when Jesus cleansed the temple, the disciples remembered the saying, um, zeal for your house consumes me. Consumes me. Yeah. yeah. Does it consume you? Right. We're talking about this in, um, in, uh, our gospel at work class. Like oh. your, your work is important, mm-hmm. whether it's the stuff that you have to do or you'll get fired. Like this is why they hired you or whether it's the brainless mundane stuff, mm-hmm. it all matters mm-hmm. and you will give an account for it one day. And the holiness of God and the righteousness of Christ should should um, be in every aspect, seep into every little nook and cranny of everything you do, including every aspect of your job, right? Mm-hmm. But again, all those things seem so disconnected, right? Um, because, well, this salvation thing is something that I'm just going to get one day when I see Jesus and I'm just a good person and I'll do yep. my best, and right? Does the holiness of God really apply to how I vote, mm. how I talk to my neighbors, how I work, you know, where I send my kids to go to school, mm-hmm. you know, you continue to name the, down the list. Yeah. So it must consume us. Uh, let's close out with this. Um, you talked about how we try to fill the gap between the two mountain peaks. And there's only one thing that can fill the gap mm-hmm. and that's Christ and his righteousness. Um, what are some things that you see people trying to to fill the gap with? Um, I've used the example before. There's a God-shaped void mm-hmm. in everyone, and we try to stuff all sorts of stuff yeah. into that, right? And only one puzzle piece will fit. Mm-hmm. So what do we try to fill in between the gap? Um, what kinds of self-justification do you see usually? And maybe let's make it just much more pastoral. What do you see at Christ the Lord? What do you see in our people where they're trying to fill the gap um, that only Christ can? Yeah, I think one of the most common ones for everybody is uh, that problems will always be here tomorrow. And if we just view this as a problem, then we can put it off till tomorrow. Okay. Because there'll be another problem tomorrow, (laughs) right? And so the tomorrowism, uh, which I, I certainly fall into this. I mean, you know, I'm looking at this with my house right now. There's tons of things I want to do and tons of things that I need to do, mm-hmm. and I don't have time for all of them, and so I'll get to them when I get to them. Mm. And managing that and you know, handling all that is part of what it means to have dominion. But <laughs> yeah, I this one, uh, my standing before God kind of c- rises to the top, mm. right? Like we can't... <laughs> Can't keep putting that off for tomorrow, and so the, the challenge, though, and and Pink talks about that, is that we just keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it, and we'll handle it sometime before we die, mm. and and that will be good and well. 
and that's that's why we've got people who then don't actually produce anything because they haven't actually gotten saved. They don't actually have the spirit. They don't actually have power. And so then they actually have no power to produce any kind of legacy or works for God. Yeah. And they say soon, but is it, I think it's Pilgrim's Progress yep. where he says, but soon doth never come. Yeah. Right? <laughs> soon never comes. Today is the day of salvation. Mm-hmm. So that one I see the the most and so because one of the other ones he says is that we just fill the space with pleasures and stuff and you know i i see that in some ways but it's the delaying aspect that is the biggest issue i think for most people so then when we look at our church um <laughs> i found this martin luther quote i think might hit our church a little bit more It says, human nature is no longer able to imagine or conceive any way to be made right with God other than works. We are willing to buy any recipe for salvation as long as it leaves the responsibility for cooking up salvation firmly in human hands. Yeah. And (laughs) we want to eat. We think it's good. uh, As long as I can be the cook. Mm. You can bring the ingredients. Just let me put it together. Yeah. And and I think it's that kind of uh, prideful dabbling that will get in the way of us fully embracing and adoring and pouring out our lives for other people. Mm. Um, Getting your eyes off of yourself, off of your kitchen, off of all that stuff, and looking for what your brother needs from you is is hard work. Yeah. And for our people, I think that's what helps you understand whether or not, because as we do that horizontally, we'll see that we're doing that vertically. If if I can't get my eyes off of... uh, what I can do for me and all of these things horizontally and actually then go take care of my brother mm-hmm. or sister, then I'm doing the same thing to God. I'm trying to fill the gap mm-hmm. vertically with God. But if I recognize that Jesus filled everything, has freely given me his inheritance, mm-hmm. has joined me with him so that I can reign and rule with him, has provided every grace and spiritual blessing that I need, then that's going to overflow then to other people. I'm going to be giving that away. Yeah, and that's that's the easiest way I know as a pastor, as a father, as a husband, as a Christian, to see where I and others are at. Yeah, that's good. My wife Bryn said that she um, she realized this a couple years ago that she always had this mentality of I am God is pleased with me and. Therefore, I am spiritually mature mm. when I don't need God as much, mm. right? Um, almost like on one aspect, you're like, you're, as your kids grow, especially your boys, you know, they don't need you as much and that's, mm. that's a good thing, right? And there is a truth to that as you grow in maturity, right? Um, you're able to stand on your own two feet, so to speak, um, but she had this mentality that- Chapter four- I think it is pushes that with moving yeah. to maturity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You should move away from milk to meat. Um, but the mentality that she was, uh, her proclivity was to think um, the less I need God, mm-hmm. the more he is pleased with me because it means I, I'm more spiritually mature, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but of course the, uh, the main issue there is, is that um, she's relying upon herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And, her, and so, how easy it is, though, for us to slip into that mentality and to think that we leave these um, these uh, foundational stones, 
if um, you do that in your marriage, it'll destroy it. Exactly. Which is the picture of Christ in the church. Right. Yeah. <laughs> is, so, is it good for me to become increasingly independent of just because I'm capable? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> right. We're one. Exactly. You are in Christ. Yeah. And but how often can we have that mindset? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the thing that was that she had to repent of was her um, self sufficiency. Yeah. A pride in her self sufficiency. Mm-hmm. And because it's very very easy to think that your um, pride and self sufficiency uh, is spiritual maturity. Yeah. Right. Um, well, I don't need to ask my elders about this or ask counsel because I've assessed this on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, only people who are spiritually immature and needy need to go to the elders to ask for advice. Right. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to slip into that mentality. Yeah. Right. And, and what call what draws us into that is pride. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and and the the devil loves to play in the in the playground of pride. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very subtle, um, and so what she began to realize was that what she, the, the posture she had to have every single day was absolute and complete dependence, mm-hmm. right? Complete dependence because that's grace, right? That's the picture of the old Testament. I've been right. preaching two things for <laughs> 16 weeks now. We, we trust or depend on, on God yeah, and that he is King. Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the grit you got to lean into and you should, and we've talked a lot about that, but without the grace, Right, you're gonna fall flat on your face, and so it's it's such a dance, you know. Uh, it, it yes, but you have it. You do. You have the grace. Yeah. It's not like you have to go get it. No. And so that's what I want people to realize is like you wake up with it. Mm-hmm. You, you have new mercies every morning. Yeah. And so do something with it. Yeah. That's put it, good. put it to use. Yeah. So I think that it's not a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. You're gonna go fill up on yeah. more. Yeah. Yeah, you've been you've been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. I think it's Ephesians one, and so go Cause and like, do. On the other hand, people are like run out of grace. I'm like, no, it's it's full. The tank is still full. Right. <laughs> well, do you think that people do that because um, condemnation, you know, spiritual hangriness? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Explain that. I love my 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 ladies, but when my household is not fed, they express themselves. Okay, to say it nicely because I respect them. Um, but if I, so there are times where I'm like, I'm just gonna feed you, and I'll circle back here in about 20 minutes. Yeah, and uh, and then we're, we're we're good. But that what I, I teach them is like that feeling that very visceral feeling is not an excuse to just treat people however you want mm. right and so same thing with, with grace is you're feeling the pressure you're feeling anxiety you feel all these other things and it's i i i i i and we're well removed from i am for you mm. i and pour myself out for you uh, for some reason because of the way that we feel or the amount of suffering that we feel we get away from james chapter one Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden these are surprising trials and and now i need i need i need rather than i am for you Mm -hmm. Uh, the true test for christian is that when you are in your greatest need can you still pour yourself out because jesus needed some help on the way to the cross and he Mm -hmm. still poured himself out that's good so i just when we talk to men particularly about self-control titus 2 that's what it is like you're not going to get back to even physically 
emotionally, sp- mentally. Once you pass, like, I don't know, 22, <laughs> life's rough. It is. So don't wait until you get back to even before you pour yourself out for others. Hmm. You have to pour yourself out when you have nothing left because you have grace. Yeah. So you you always have that. And, and I that's hard. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. But that's the point of dying to yourself. And hmm. that's if you're not going to do it then, then when are you going to do it? Yeah. Because that's when it matters. Yeah. I heard a saying last week, nobody cares what you can do fresh. Mm-hmm. I was an athlete talking. Yeah. An endurance athlete. Like, nobody cares what you can do fresh. Yeah. People only care. And, and real heroes are made when the going is tough. Absolutely. Yeah. Here right. in 20 minutes, uh, I'm going to be sweating. And right. It, it doesn't matter if I can hit the move the first three times. Exactly. Can, can, you, can you hit it in the last minute of the round? Yeah. And how that applies to the Christian life is that when the pressure is applied, what's on the inside comes out. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you've not been orienting yourself towards the kingdom of God every single day, then when trials and tribulations, be they small or big, come along, you're going to be wrecked and ruined, mm-hmm. right? You're going to be a ship tossed to and fro, yeah. right, upon the rocks. And how often, and I, I see this in our church at times, when little trials come along, people are just like, they lose their mind, right? Yeah. Um, and we got to pull back and we got to circle the wagons, right? And the first thing that usually comes out when the pressure is applied is self-preservation, mm-hmm. right? The first thing to go yes. is love for neighbor, love for brothers and sisters in Christ, pouring one's out is self-preservation, mm-hmm. right? And so um, if, if you are not putting in the work every single day, right, that's not glorious, that's not, not wonderful mm-hmm. in your mind, and it hurts, mm-hmm. um, then don't be surprised when the fiery trial comes upon you and, and you're, you're wrecked. Yeah, my home group had a great conversation this past week off of your brother's keeper aspect. Mm. And we have, you know, these ladies and these men inviting people into their life. We're uh, going through, I made them name. It was like, who are you responsible for? Mm. And that's who good. is responsible for you? And you need names. I want to hear names tonight. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so they f- fantastic at that. But what happens when the pressure pulls back? Or now I don't have to be my brother's keeper yeah. until I get back to what? Right. Till I'm good, till I'm level, whatever. And I think if you, I'm not saying don't do the spiritual disciplines. You have to do those streams of grace or you won't get this. Mm-hmm. But if you view that as if I didn't do my quiet time this morning, so I don't have grace today mm-hmm. to give to people because I ran out, you're f- absolutely foolish and missing the whole thing. You yeah. already have that grace in Christ Jesus. Yes, you need to know your Bible because you need to know what words of power to give people. Sure, <laughs> sure. And why these things are true. But you got it. And so that's the, the danger I see in the church is that if I don't add all these, if I don't fill up my tank, if I'm not getting these things, then I don't have anything to spend. Yeah. And so I need some me time, some self-care. And mm. you're just pulling out of the fight. Yeah. You, it, it, using it as an excuse to either sin um, or to drop back when we're supposed to be pressing forward. That's good. That's good. Well, brother, I appreciate your time this morning. I appreciate you preaching the word. We are... Um, one sermon away from chapter 13, yeah. which is the last chapter of Hebrews, <laughs> which is really exciting. Home stretch. Home it's stretch. funny because 11, we like drew it out so much and so it slowed down, but now it's like, we're almost done. Uh-huh. Real yep. quick. I looked at the preaching schedule and I saw Advent's coming up, man. <laughs> Mariah Carey is trying to break out of the ice. <laughs> She's been <laughs> out since July. She's on, seriously, <laughs> on her way. Anyway, all right. Well, we uh, hope that uh, this has been helpful to you. Uh, Don't forget to send your questions in if you have any. 
We'd be happy to answer those here on the podcast. And as always, we want to encourage you to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord overall. And we'll see you next time. Thank you.